You know that moment when you step on a train platform and the train whizzes past and you suddenly have that thought of what if I had been pushed? What if I'd have fallen? What if, you know, you have that moment of all those what ifs that run through your head. And we were on the train platform and I said, Gary, I've just had this. And he was like, you you know that feeling. That's what I get all the time with the girls, whether we're on a road or in the kitchen or at the top of the stairs right. that's that feeling is there all the time and i just was like that would be horrible next week on wednesday the 13th and thursday the 14th of july stand up tragedy is returning from a long break to present Four of our favourite performers doing storytelling, comedy and spoken word shows at the Dogstar in Brixton, London. Doors open at 7.30. Is pay what you think the show deserves. So if you haven't got any money, you can still come along. And if you have got money, then please do give generously. Find out more about it at www.standuptragedy.co.uk or follow us at standup for tragedy to find out further details but you don't need any further information really than if you turn up at 7:30 on wednesday and thursday next week you'll see some amazing shows done by some really talented performers two different ones each night so if you come to both nights you'll get four shows if you come to one you'll just get two but they'll all be amazing and are all worth your time so actually he's had it a lot worse this time around than I have because you know he I, he can't then say okay we'll have a day in front of the TV or mm. you know I'll call my mother and say I am at my limit can I please come and spend some time with you he has to go into work and then once he comes home from work he has to <laughs> well, take Susie to the park and well if, if, if we've had a bad night and Susie's been rolling in the bed and not sleeping and kicking me and kneeing me in the back and I believe one. I believe one night she just kind of woke up, sat up, thumped me in the stomach, and then went back to sleep. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted, even better acquainted, with Zoe and Gary, possibly their their daughter as well a little bit because she's in the room in on in fact on top of Zoe at the moment. And probably not Jen who is in the room, my partner, uh, but if she chips in, which she may after about forty-five minutes I I've found in the past, that's who she is. So uh, both of you have been on the show before. Many mm-hmm. years ago, yeah. like literally many years ago. Yeah, you were one of the early ones, I think, and Gary came a lot later. It was a very yeah. big gap. I was after 100. Right. But I taped before you did the 100th episode. So you were in it before your episode went was out. In this, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a little players about that, but I'm okay now. <laughs> Gotten over us. Well, I wasn't going to be celebrating the centenary of well, you've interviews. Got, at this point, you've got to be one of the people who's in, in it twice, which is not everybody's done. So you're now you know, one step up on those people who've only done one. Three so times yeah. if you count the 100th episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're a reoccurring character. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. You're more than once, though, now, because you did the one where you interviewed Dave. That's right. It's true. I'm super, super... 
something. Super character, right? That's right. You were one of the first kind of people I had interview me before my 200th episode where I had five people in a row interview me. You were like the person I came to to who I thought, who can talk to me about my traumas? <laughs> Zoe, I'll get her on to interview me. And that was a very useful conversation uh, for me. Uh, particularly because the NHS has not offered me talking therapy, so uh, <laughs> it was particularly useful. Yeah, the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me? Well, I met you through Zoe, who yeah. you went to university with. That's true. So I first met you when myself and Zoe had started dating, and I went for dinner with you and Jen, and we went around to your place and had some kind of pasta <laughs> with the disappointing garlic bread that I still ate. <laughs> Although Jen told me it was very disappointing. What? It tasted of wax crayons. I'm going to have to jump in early. To, to talk about the garlic bread. I can't remember anything. It was dreadful. It tasted of wax. It was awful. I thought it was fine. Wow. I've got no memory of this garlic bread wax crayon thing. Uh, cool. So uh, Dave and I met at university in our first year because we both did theatre studies together. Mm-hmm. And we got closer I think in our well we were always fairly fairly friendly but closer still in our third uh, third year possibly when Dave was in a show where he had to be naked a lot yeah that that happened that in never the second happened. second year I think was that the second year you yeah. see you could see the difference between our partners and us <laughs> yeah. they remember the food <laughs> right they have, they, they, they have actual useful minds yes. that retain information yes honey yes I know you're feeling okay. poorly Right, yeah. So, yes, that's right. Uh, we should say that, that uh, your daughter is, is not feeling very well, so it's not a, it's not a reflection on her, her normal behaviour necessarily, how she might sound in the back. If you want, background. we can go bring the baby into the room who's sound asleep and quite happy. So. For now. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't jinx that. Yeah, let's yeah. leave her be. Yeah, so the second question that I ask everybody is, what do you do now? Uh, I look after... Susanna and Eleanor and I cook all the meals in the house Uh, Susanna and Eleanor are Gary and my children and that's it Uh, currently job wise I do some LARPing as well and that's about it because I've got two very small children, which take up a huge amount of time. Right, and LARPing is live action role play for I'm people sure unfamiliar with I'm sure sooner or later word. it will come up. And besides, there's other programmes which talk about it. Absolutely. I no, recommend no. the first Zoe Getting Better Acquainted episode. Absolutely, she does. Uh, that, that, ver- that past version of Zoe did an excellent uh, job of, of really making it clear to me why people LARP. Uh, it was good. <laughs> And Gary, what do you do now, apart from stroke your daughter in a vague hope that, hope that she'll stop whimpering, but in fact mm. she'll just turn her, turn her head away from you? Oh, that's disgust for you. <laughs> uh, well, since the last interview, I think I've moved jobs twice. So I moved one job within the company to a different post. And from there I've moved over to a much bigger company as a research executive. So uh, now I'm working in digital media where we do large, massive, panel-based interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Survey interviews of people trying to find out about their media's habits and consumption so we can better sell to them in advertising senses. Right. But more importantly, you're also, you know, do all the cleaning and look after two small children in your When I get home, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
So that's just eight hours a day. The rest <laughs> of the time, it's all dad stuff. Yeah. Taking children to parks, cleaning them, cleaning the house, putting them to bed, hoping they'll stay. They probably won't. <laughs> right. Basically, since the first time Zoe was on, you've had two children. And a wedding. Just a and a wedding, yeah. There was a <laughs> wedding first. Oh, a wedding. I was getting better acquainted before our wedding. Mm, no, I think you were married when you were in the first episode, I'm sure. When did you start doing Yeah, you were, I think, because I think we talked about your wedding. I think because oh, yeah, we talked yeah. about Quakerism because, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but in mine, didn't I talk about the process of me going yes, through the but Quaker? That was before. That was like. That was yeah, before we, the wedding, yeah, okay. We, we, we've, it um, was around that time then, fine. Yeah. But since then, you've definitely had two children. Yes, we can all yes. agree on that. That's definitely happened. And uh, I guess when you were first on, Gary, I think maybe you had one kid at the time. That, like, really? Maybe not. Maybe, no, maybe. I think, I, I, I think it was probably after the wedding before Susie. Right. Would be my So you're wedding. both, so you're now parents and you weren't parents first time round. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how's that? <laughs> How's that working out for you guys? <laughs> what's that? What's that like? What's the difference? Like, how is? Yeah, I mean, these are all two big questions. Really. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll narrow well, it down as we go along. Well, um, once upon a time, I used to come home from work, you know, and then possibly have some kind of semblance of a nightlife. Go to a friend's house, have dinner, go out to a pub. Well, I used no I never did that right. no you didn't I used you to really drink I, no <laughs> I used to well I mean we'd, we'd meet friends and we'd go out you could go to the theatre you could go to cinema. cinema all those things and now it's just no you, you, you go home and even if you weren't doing those things you could just binge watch TV for four or five hours now there's none of that <laughs> it's you get home you, uh, you're involved in getting the dinner done which normally, has to be at the table because normally, we don't do it on the couch anymore yeah. <laughs> normally Gary gets a phone call three quarters of an hour before he's due home saying where are you I need you home right now because mm. I'm about to go spare more like ten minutes before I'm at home <laughs> while I'm still walking between the tube station and the house And um, and then when through the door you normally <laughs> yes I know we're talking and you I don't want you, us to talk you want you're to in sleep. that tragic situation of wanting to be with your parents but wanting them to be quiet. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? You want some water? There you go. So, um, and it, in my case, before I had Eleanor, who's my second child, who is now about seven months old, I was working, but just before I had Eleanor, I was made redundant, so I don't have a job to go back to. So I am in that interesting situation of being a mum and not really having another label to be able to say what I am. Mm. I am a mum. <laughs> I'm not I'm not very good at just being a mum. So I'm a I'm a decent enough mother, but I'm not very good at just being a mother. So I'm working that one out as as we speak. Right. Right. I mean you're currently uh, technically unemployed, I guess. 
Well, well yeah, for... it's a kind of grey area because there's mon- Yeah, except... you're also technically on maternity leave, right? No, I'm not. I'm not because I've just received my P forty five. Oh, okay. Because um, we've come to the end of the statutory maternity leave, so uh, I'm. And I object to the word homemaker because I would imagine that a homemaker's house would be sort of more homely, <laughs> less covered in stuff. Um. I mean, this is a home and you have made it a home. <laughs> you guys have had loft work and all sorts yes, of things. It's throwing money at it. I would imagine that a homemaker probably makes bunting. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have bunting. There isn't bunting in this house, that's true. I mean, there's... I don't even know what that is. Bunting is those little triangles all on a rope. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's quite an unusual thing to see in a house, to be honest, Gary. I mean, it's, it's quite a, quite a, a strange... Not on Pinterest in... and specific American mum blogs. Right. I mean, so how do you feel about being... Like, so you're, you are a mum and you're, you're pleased to be one. Yes, yeah, very much. I definitely want to be a mum. And not just because my daughter is here. <laughs> but also because um, I've always wanted to be a mum ever since I was a little girl. Right. And yet, at the same time, that's not all you want to be at all. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at being only one thing. Well, who is? I'm, some I'm, people, I some guess. Some people, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where yeah. it seems like a... a, a a clever, witty response, but actually, it's it's meaningless. There are plenty of people who are who are happy being one thing, yeah. whatever that thing is. Not really sure. I mean, nobody wants to define themselves by the one hat they wear. Everybody wears multiple hats, as it were. And I suit having multiple oh, hats that's... and juggling a bit. Right. Um, it also means if you do bad in one area, you can do good in the other area and yeah. then feel good about yourself that day as opposed to going, oh. Right, and, and you're still someone who's defined as two things, at least two things, right? Because you are someone who goes to work and then what you do in that work, you're defined probably in a very different way than you are at home. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't speak what they say behind my back. Right. And then, and so, you, but you're still someone who has these kind of two two hats of society, two lives, yeah. and potentially three if you count live action role play. Because I'll just let her her make her moment. Yes, because both of us um, have positions of seniority there. So that's my half a hat. I have. I have a whole hat that is whatever this job is, and then I have this half a hat of LARPing that I'm clinging to rather because I need more multiple hats but Gary has half a hat as well because you huh. referee and do all that sort of oh, thing oh yeah I'm a, I'm a referee for the LARP system so yes and you take your kids with you to LARP we have we took both of them to the first event of this year when Eleanor was like six months old and Susie was three, three. and my mother came too to look after them because she is a crazy loony well, yeah, well, I should imagine you need some extra help oh, at yes, a LARP and they event. Stayed, There's they a lot stayed, goes on. They stayed in the travel lodge as well. <laughs> what, the, the children? So, and you were you guys, what, camping out? I was camping. Her mum and Gary stayed in the travel lodge. Not the first night. 
not the first night. The first night we had both that of them. That was actually quite scary. It was it... like it dropped to minus something. Oh, and God. I ended up having Eleanor in my sleeping... And I'm not a small woman. And having her in my sleeping bag with me. Right. <laughs> she was fine. I was Ooh, fine. They're, they're, it was they're, just... they're both fine, but we just kept waking up every ten minutes going, the kid's still alive? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did that. I did that. Yeah, you did. It's definitely fair to say that Gary's the one that that, that has that that wor- that worrying yeah. nature that people yeah. like to associate with mums. Oh, says so, yes. Coffee time. To explain to listeners, we're all kind of watching uh, Susie to see if she's going to to feel sick enough to to vomit or not <laughs> that's that's what parenthood involves uh this will be very exciting for the listeners <laughs> it is it is quite i mean I'm, there's probably some listeners who are very worried that she's going to vomit because <laughs> it's not a popular sound um i will probably edit it out listeners um either way sorry i shouldn't laugh. i think it's perfectly reasonable to laugh i mean i think laughing at that is is also a very proper reality of being a Parent. Susie, are you sure you wouldn't be more comfortable upstairs in bed? I mean, she just wants the illness to go, doesn't she? Mm. I understand that feeling so well. So, what were we saying? We were we, talking. We about... were talking about you guys being cold and, uh, but but happy as a family, uh, keeping uh, your children warm in a tent in the middle of a, a LARPing event. Yeah. Um, and how Gary is also the per- the the parental figure who kind of worries. has the worry. The worry wart, yeah. I mean, when we had totally had a meal wart. just just a moment ago, you were very worried, you know, about uh, choking, yeah, choking, choking and stuff. Yes. Yeah, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of being a, a person who is concerned for it, other people. It, it's terrible for me because I feel like I'm living my life in this heightened state of anxiety. Oh God, what's going to happen next? Right. <laughs> so uh, for for that, I'd like to get rid of it. I think it's giving me undue stress. Yeah, well, it will only well, last. Undue anxiety. For, I don't believe in stress. It'll only last for a few years uh, yeah. before well, you have a new thing to be completely worried you about. You know when you're. So at this point, Susie did indeed start to vomit, and I'm sure you'll all be very pleased that I edited that part out. Well, right, um... I mean, this is the realities of of your adult life, uh, <laughs> not mine. Um, although to- tonight it's my reality too. Well, I mean, this is a kind of like a pertinent point, really. I think it's like kind of what Gary was saying about how he, he comes home and, you know, it's it's just going to be child focused the whole time. Yeah. Even yeah. when you have like a, an old friend over to record you uh, <laughs> doing, doing a, do, like discussing what it's like to be parents. Yeah. You can't says, plan be for in it. bed by eight or nine, it'll be fine. Loads yeah. And to, to be fair, by, by about nine o'clock, usually it's all quiet and... And lots of parents who aren't us and are more, more routine-y people mm. have their kids in bed by like seven thirty. Yeah, you know, mm. done, dusted the entire evening. There's, I must say, I can't face the idea of doing the bedtime routine without Gary's help because I've never done it really without Gary's help unless, you know, except for on very rare occasions. Mm. So. I mean, you co-parent quite a lot. I mean, yeah. the, you, the though although Gary is the one currently at work, you've both generally worked, uh, and you have, but you both contribute a, a lot to the parenting at home. Oh yeah. Hmm. 
I mean, yeah. we're partners in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and both of us from the beginning wanted children and it was going to be, we're both in it together. <laughs> you know, if we're going to jump, we're jumping together. Yeah. I really don't understand how people cope who are single parents. The reality of being a mum of two, vividly, even just with being a mum of one, but there, it gets so much more full on with two. Right. Makes you think, you, you, you can't help holding it up and going, and what would I do without the support of Gary, without the support of my parents who live down the road? Right. And then thinking, oh, I don't know. Uh, it I is don't a know. scary prospect, actually. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it, you can't plan for it. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's, I guess, what's interesting to, about, to me about the idea of you guys taking your children to a LARPing event is, you know, there's so many factors at play. I made so many pretty clothes. <laughs> she did, yes. It's awesome. Lovely. She had a lovely Merida dress that we... Mm. That we Susie loved. had a Merida dress, yeah. Yes. That's I mean, the character from Brave. I, yeah. I am very well aware. I was just <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who do you think I am? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, no, it's, it's... And Eleanor actually has come to two as well. Yeah. Susie's been to three and Eleanor's been to... Too. And do they get into the the no. pretend? No, it's no. absolutely not. So all the me. adults are basically p- playing and pretending, and the children are like, "Well, I, I can't get into this game well, stuff." Can't well, get into this game. they've got no idea what's going on, right? Eleanor's really, Eleanor's seven, and she's playing. the child yeah. of my character, so she's she's in character because I'm her mummy, and she doesn't really care what her name is, whether her name is Delogue or Eleanor. <laughs> So right, that's a, and that's that's a good point. Like she's the child of your character yep. in the game or yep. the, the the world of yep. role of this. And LARP. Susie is the child of Gary's character. Right. Oh. And here's another larper coming into the house. Yeah. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've put the your, keys now. We've yeah, locked him out. This is your uh, lodger. lodger who is locked out of the house. <laughs> so yes, so the children, the, we split the children up. Right, so you 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 as uh, characters are not married, nope. so you've had to create in-game reasons for both of you to have the kids. Yeah. Well, my character in LARP has a partner, so I just had to have a slightly awkward conversation with a friend of mine saying, do you mind being the father of my child? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gary's character tends to adopt waifs and strays, so he adopted... Susie's character as a waif and stray. Right. It's made up a backstory. Yeah. yeah, so your character's, uh, what, a single parent in your in the it's world of He's a single parent of what, how many children did you have? Well, I'm counting towards his entire lifetime. Because yeah. He's a dwarf, right? Yeah. So he has a different kind of lifetime than an, a human. A couple hundred years, right. yeah. 200 max, really. Uh, one, two, three, four, five kids in his lifetime. Only have they one all was been, actually his. Have, I was going to say, have they all been real children? Or Three of them have been played characters. No, technically four, four of them have been played characters. Because one was played by my godson for one event. Oh yes, Vanos. Yeah. And, and, I mean, whilst they didn't obviously join in the fiction, I mean, has how is how is having them introduced into the fiction been for the fiction? Has it, has it worked well for the, for the it game? It was fine. It was fine bringing Eleanor to the events. As as the my character's child, she went everywhere. It was comfortable, but she's very portable. Mm. 
Susie, it's 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 yet another place where adults are acting weird, you know. Mm. Well, Susie was about two when I brought when we brought her to the gathering last year. Uh, a few months off, three. Yeah. She was quite small, and six and, months off. And, and I was walking, and I was just finished refing, and I was walking her back. I picked her up from you, and I was walking back to the camp, and I got wrapped up in a kids' linear. Now there are there is kids plot and kids linear, but Susie was too young for us. Right. But they said, "Look, can you come along in this? Just oversee us, so we just have one more yellow on the area, and you know, you can just hold on to your daughter the whole time." And I not a problem, fine. So they're doing kind of a puzzle piece to get together, and then of course they're attacked by monsters, <laughs> who are all played by adults, who right? are very well prepared, prepared for and quite often wear cricket boxes yeah. because children don't necessarily know where to aim. When well, they strike fighting. at their shoulder height, and their shoulder <laughs> height tends to be testicle height. So. Right. <laughs> And uh, that was Susie's first ever combat. As there's one monster who, when the other children took him down, Susie just went over and started hitting him on the ground. Right. <laughs> and of course, he kept doing the jump up, oh, oh, every time she hits him. So that was great fun. Right. <laughs> if every time he hits, she hits, she hits him, he makes a sound. She's going to keep on hitting. She's going to keep on doing it. And then, of course, they respawned, and he went running after her immediately, and she sort of ran away screaming. And then of course he goes, oh no, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm, then I had to, no, it's okay, she's playing. <laughs> she's not actually scared of you, that's right. just her that's playing. That's just her already, you know, she's a, she's a natural LARPer, clearly. Yeah. I mean, although well, she's... She's used to the monsters. There's, yeah, although, you know, maybe she'll she'll become very uh, uninterested in these kind of things as a... As a could do. Bound to, bound to yeah. not be interested, be more, far more interested in football. How has it been... Like so, that's like so. You've managed to make it fit in your LARP uh, world to a certain just, extent. Yeah. Just about LARP is sort of the divided into the fest events and the non-festival events. So the festival events tend to have thousands of people there, and and there's a lot more social engagement. Lots of families. Yeah. So, but so it's it's fine to bring kids for that. You can't bring them for the faction events that are the big fighting grind fests kind of thing, which are great, but. Not, not appropriate not, for kids. Just not yeah. appropriate well, for kids. Well, quite often marked as 18 plus. Right. So, But even if they weren't, still not appropriate. Yeah, so in terms of that, we haven't been able to go to those kinds of events, but we're okay still at the festival events and sort of social events. So you're at least getting some elements of your life that isn't just about, like, when you get home, you're, you're having to, like you say... Uh, put the children first. You're at least having some some few moments of kind of so outlet. much help from grandparents. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing to consider is that, like, Gary's mother came over to look after Susie for us to go off to the most recent up event. We took Eleanor, but Susie stayed, and my mother has also come in and looked after them. You know, and so therefore, on occasion, I can go out to see friends or. You know, we can go to love events or whatever. Right, so you're lucky parents. It's luxury. We yeah. are we are luxury parents, or if that's the word, that's the wrong way round. And yet, you whilst you're luxury parents, would you say it's been easy? God no. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Susie, on her own, you know, I look back and halcyon days of... One child. One child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it being as hard even the first year of Susie. But that was two to one, you know, two parents to one child. And that meant that we could do a lot of juggling. 
there's always that question with two children of am I giving the one that's being easy currently enough attention you know am I causing problems for the other one but we've just gone through huge amounts potty training sorting out sleep patterns sorting out all sorts of medical stuff as well Susie when in her first year had hip problems oh, yeah. that led to her being in a cast right, um, for for three, three months. months and then supportive clothing for the next three months yes and supportive throat clothing beforehand for three months hmm. so it was nine months of, of, of regular every other week every four week trips to the hospital and things like that thank goodness this time around Eleanor's had a similar dodgy hips but they were treated by this um, supportive clothing and that worked so she didn't have to have operations but that was an initial thing that we had to deal with because we didn't know how successful it was going to be and you know so there's there's a lot that happens in the first year and then you decided to do it again though oh you mean with Eleanor Um, yeah well I mean I'm not saying that it was a bad decision but it's (laughs) but it's definitely an interesting thing of like when you're talking about it the the difficulty it seems at this point is you've got one baby and one toddler and they have very different needs and that'll change obviously Mm. because they'll grow and they'll be different phases but like the the thing you were worried about of like am I spending too much time on this mm-hmm. one am I spending too much time on this one that's not there when you've just got one right so mm-hmm. yeah but then you chose to have two yeah. partly for them right yeah because Gary's one of four <laughs> I'm one of two we didn't like the idea of Susie ever being alone you know in, in that terms of that one day she's going to be a an adult we are probably going to be batty or gone ourselves and <laughs> there, there was some element of an idea that in addition to who um, we had the capacity, was that when we get old and we'll probably need some help, we don't want all that being put just on Susie's shoulders alone. Yeah, better to have them fight it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Over which one has yeah. to do it. Who has to change daddy today? <laughs> and I'll be saying, look, I did it for both of you, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't care, toss coin. Slightly different proposition. <laughs> I think, by and large... <laughs> It's it's more to do with thinking back to the bright spots in one's childhood with one's siblings, and admittedly there are quite often non-bright spots as well, that there is an awful lot one gains from having a sibling. Or there's an awful lot that I have gained from having a sibling, um, and I'd quite like Susie and Eleanor to, to experience that. As well as that we could just about afford it that was a big thing mm-hmm. you know our bills went down because we got some money which we could put into our mortgage and at that point there was a genuine conversation before then it had always been I'm not sure we can afford this and then after that it was well now we can afford this probably do we do it and it was a timing thing as well because whether we were going to do it or not if I we had decided to do it in five years time or six years time having one child and I took a year off for Susie that puts you your career back a year I couldn't face going to a second job working long enough to to have feel comfortable having a child trying to have a child getting a child it it just seemed like another point of 
pause in my career, whatever my career is going to be. Better to try and get it all in with the same employer (laughs) and done (laughs) while still working for a local authority, which is pretty okay with maternity leave and maternity benefits. I mean, plus they're both uh, quite close to each other's age which I think makes a difference in the kind of siblings you are like there's six years between me and my little sister there's six years between me and my older brother and so we never really played together we weren't in one of us was starting school the other one was finishing school whichever one whichever school it was Susie and Eleanor actually do even now do play together there are moments of absolute pleasure watching them Interact and Susie is an amazingly loving, gentle big sister, and Eleanor worships the ground she walks on. And that is whatever happens in the future, that is very lovely to see gratifying, relieving. <laughs> and I guess in the long term as well, when, when you're talking about how much of your lives at the moment are focused on the children, at least as they get older, they'll be able to entertain each other and hopefully that will help you to Even if do it's your just, own projects. No, and mom, have your she's own lives. in my room. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but even now, you know, I can leave Eleanor in the room in here and know that I'll have five minutes more time than I would have had otherwise because Susie is in the room with her and sometimes Susie even reads her a story or quote-unquote reads because Susie's three but she'll quote from 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 verbatim from books she's learned them yeah Yeah. um or she'll pile Eleanor with toys or sometimes she'll play next to her and Eleanor will be watching sometimes I've I had Eleanor in the high chair and I need to go and get food but Eleanor's been complaining so I tell Susie to entertain her until I get back <laughs> and she's usually done that yeah. I mean I guess like you Zoe have the larger cost to pay from the pro- process the actual physical process mm. of, of, of bearing children but also <laughs> the, the the career yeah, yeah how I it mean, affects it it doesn't it doesn't work that way for Gary I mean you took paternity leave right yeah but it's two, two whole, whole weeks, whole weeks. <laughs> yeah. right which was the full amount you were offered yeah 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 which well um see after after Susie was born I, I, I was just at the point now where we could have done a Handover of six months to six months, and it did come to a point where I was thinking about doing that because actually, just after Susie was born, I changed jobs in my company because my old job was made redundant, right? And uh, and they were giving me the runaround, not great people <laughs> to be honest with you. They give me the runaround, I thought I was very competent and professional and knew exactly what was going on. They wanted me to fit into a certain bracket that didn't work for the job role which they took over the work from the previous research department they had no experience in research right i was the guy who'd done every job in the research so department. you couldn't really risk oh no. no i mean as in at that point they were basically trying to get gary they, they were it was very weird there was a lot mm. of power play yeah and they were trying to say oh well we're still deciding whether you're suitable for this role mm. we're not sure and in the end gary was just like well i don't care you know if you make me redundant i'll take the redundancy and go and look after my kids as, as, and my as, wife will go back to work it'll my kid sorry because it was yeah. susie and my wife will go back to work it'll be fine and they and immediately the next day he got offered it full time <laughs> <laughs> and the offer of redundancy was withdrawn. Drawn. So there right, was obviously a, 
a sort of power play going on there where they were trying to make him uncomfortable and he genuinely and without deliberate sort of machinations called their bluff right yeah so I'll just uh, I'll just take my standard paternity leave and I'll do this I'll do six months while my wife goes yeah. back to work and we'll be fine and that time I look for a new job yeah. right and that did happen or didn't no it didn't happen but he got increasingly less happy in his job yeah. and found a new job and moved to that yeah. at that point I was aware that my job was about to be made redundant but I was pregnant but I didn't want to tell my employers because they could have moved up the redundancy so that I wouldn't have been eligible for maternity leave right so I just stayed quiet for a very long for as long as I possibly could. I had lots of baggy clothing for quite yes. a while. And does, this, sort of... does this make me look fat or pregnant? <laughs> fat, excellent. <Exactly. laughs> um, until until I knew that I would be able to get the maternity leave, and then at that point I told them I was pregnant. Right, and so, you, but I mean, you know, the, and and that's and that's how kind of, it kind of functioned in your and so and lives. so at that point it wasn't worth us then getting Gary off for six months. Right, we would probably have done that had he not just started a new job. Yeah, and I mm. had I I was about to be made redundant. It seemed like rocking the boat unnecessarily. No, and you made you can see why you made those yeah. decisions, but definitely socially regardless of your actual personal situations women generally oh yeah carry the brunt of all of these things in whatever way yeah um but you know and 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 that must be very frustrating for two people who do run your relationship and your parenting so equally um and zoe you're you know not someone who you know i mean i would say you're a very strong uh person uh which They're, they're they're communicating in sign language about the uh, amount of width that their daughter's eyes are open or not, and how uh, if she's asleep or not. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but you know, in terms of you've yeah, it's 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 been more of a cost for you. Yes, it has. But but I mean, um, yeah, it has. But would it have been had I not been? A, made redundant and the one good thing I can say about my employers was that it definitely wasn't down to my pregnancy that I was made redundant because they genuinely didn't know um at the time at the time that they initially told me my job was going to be made redundant I wasn't neither showing nor even telling anyone that I was well, your redundancy, like like my redundancy, like many people's redundancies yeah. at the moment. I say my redundancy. I didn't get any redundancy money, so I don't Ooh. think I was redundant. I had to make a decision, and I chose not to go back to a worse job. But yeah. the point of it is, is that people's jobs going at the moment, if they're in local authorities, yeah. are very much to do with uh, national government exactly. policy and the cuts in general with a big C. Yeah. So I didn't feel like that was a deliberate sort of, and, and I genuinely think that there are a lot of women who experience that the um, the fact that that they are uh, more at risk because of their pregnancy, well, or likelihood to get pregnant. But in my case, it wasn't that. It was just that they were cutting. But it does now leave me with the question of what I'm going to do next, which I don't have an answer to. Right. No. 
um, what with <laughs> Ellen is seven months, and I did say that I would wait until Ellen, but now is the time that I'm going to start thinking about what I want to do next. Right. <laughs> so I'll have to have you on in the future to find God, out what that yeah. is. Yeah, well, yes, if, if anyone's particularly interested, <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, how has it changed you, both of you? I mean, has not just uh, parents. <laughs> Are you going to vomit, darling? No, I think that's the sound of her falling asleep. Oh, that uh, noise! Yeah. In that case, one. we're going to get some shrieks. Mm. Um, <laughs> how has it changed? I, uh, there isn't. I'm not sure it has changed me. Um, I always knew I had the capacity to be a decent mother, and I that hasn't changed me. I have, in other jobs, plunged the limits of my compassion and tolerance so I know that I am not someone who has limitless love to give there's always a moment of of, of exhaustion and frustration uh, that I will eventually reach so I haven't disappointed myself at all I already knew my limitations right you went in expecting yourself <laughs> to be someone who gets frustrated yeah. and you proved yourself right absolutely so in a way it's a win yes um <laughs> I've I, also found my limits of tolerance. <laughs> was, were they a surprise? Uh, I, I, I was surprised about how angry I got and how frustrated. Because when you're, when you're on sort of those two hours of sleep where I've had Susie screaming into me for hours on end and yeah, I just should, need to go to sleep. We should say that, that our sleeping arrangements the last... Um, last pretty much the last seven months have been because Susie really seems to struggle with sleep that Susie would normally go to sleep anywhere up to about nine o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. In although actually for the first couple of months she was going to bed at 10, 11 she was staying up until we went to bed Yeah, she will go to sleep in her bedroom then she'll wake up somewhere around two Gary will then get up, pick her up take her upstairs and share a bed with her upstairs whilst I stay downstairs with Eleanor. In the main bedroom? In the main bedroom. Sorry, yes, in, in our bedroom. So, and then Gary will get up at 6.30, 7, between 6.30, 7.30 to go into work. So he'll have potentially had quite a broken, in fact, more broken than my sleep because Eleanor, while she breastfeeds, it's actually finds it easier to go to sleep and sleeps for longer than Susie does. So, actually, he's had it a lot worse this time around than I have because, you know, he I, he can't then say, OK, we'll have a day in front of the TV or, mm. you know, I'll call my mother and say, I am at my limit. Can I please come and spend some time with you? He has to go into work and then once he comes home from work, he has to <laughs> take Susie to the park and... Well, if, if, if we've had a bad night and Susie's been rolling in the bed and not sleeping and kicking me and kneeing me in the back and believe one, I believe one night she just kind of woke up, sat up, thumped me in the stomach and then went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm reconsidering our stance on children, Jen. I mean, maybe I should uh, try and get this vasectomy uh, reversed. <laughs> I think I've sold this to you. Yeah, they're, they're already selling it. Right. But then, but then I go into work and it's like, ah, oh, eight hours of just me and the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's just great. 
the spreadsheet will never kick me in the the face yeah the vba will fail and (laughs) the font will never be the same and my formatting will go everywhere but it won't kick me in the back (laughs) it won't remind me that i didn't cut its nails before bed Yeah. She's doing a remarkably good job of staying very still and like she would never wriggle while she was sleeping. No, she's, she, oh, she's, she's gone to sleep. Well, actually, though, we yeah. have the problem that, that she's a lot... If if we're sharing beds, I deal with her a lot better than Gary does. I think because prior to having Eleanor, um, she would be focused on me and especially on my hair. Mm-hmm. That would be a soothing thing. So I'd have my hair back in a plait and she'd play with the very end of my plait and so aside from a slight tugging on the back of my head it wouldn't it wouldn't be and I didn't don't really mind knees in the back of my back I know I know you do uh, it's painful <laughs> how do you not I have more padding than you okay, it might just so be that maybe, my muscular friend <laughs> maybe you should grow your hair long Gary maybe that would help well what, what, what I get now what I guess from her is oh, I want to touch Daddy's hair and I'll just get fingers running through my scalp while I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and it's tickly and it's horrible. And, you just go, and, you're, and it's kind of like you have one, it's like a mosquito buzzing around your ear. You're waking up going, God, wait for me. <laughs> you know, from her point of view, that's love, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's love. Sometimes, probably. Not all the time. It's, no, it's definitely not to annoy. It's because she needs something Thing. to feel to yes. help her sleep. Yeah, so it's, it's a comforter, it's, like a comforting yeah, blanket. Exactly. Well, just, well, well, this is why I have the knee on the back one. or the foot stuck because she wants to know I'm there. Usually, what I do is I kind of move her away from me, take her hand, and put her hand in my hand. So, so she knows you're there, so but it's, it's less painful. Yes, yeah. for yeah. me, <laughs> understandable decision. So you know, actually, I think having. It's outside. It's outside. Not the baby. <laughs> having having had the second child, in some ways, it's been easier for me than it has been for Gary, because Eleanor sleeps better, and Gary's been the one that's had to take Susie to, upstairs and and to the spare room and look after her and be the 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 sort of person that she sort of soothes with. Yes. And Susie does seem to really need sort of feel people around. Because for the last few nights, I've been getting annoyed at breastfeeding. Much as I love Eleanor and I like liked breastfeeding Susie, Eleanor's a lot more, as far as I remember, I find it more painful to breastfeed her. And she does things like grabbing your breast with her claw and sort of pulling at it. I actually Which, don't mind this as much as you do, so <laughs> you don't mind knees in the back. I don't mind being clawed up by the chest. But then you know you have a different chest. She, well, we have different she, backs as well. Dave. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That was, that's already been pointed out. She also goes for nipple crippling on occasion. So she does um, that to me. It's actually just an accident. Um, so so a couple of nights ago, I I I was just like because no, Eleanor's. At the stage where really she sleeps through the night without needing milk, but sometimes it's nice to have. I instead I just was like Gary, you deal with Eleanor, I'll go in with Susie, and I had a really relaxing night. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the way forwards. Then <laughs> might be an Swapsies. idea. <laughs> yeah. Because Eleanor doesn't expect milk from me. No, she's actually as happy with a dummy and a nose rub. And... Yeah. 
I mean, it's the res- it's the sense of always having to be responsible for also, someone I mean, else are, that I find a bit there. terrifying. Oh yeah, sorry. I should, uh, go go back. I will yeah, come do, back. Do, do, do but there it. are parents out there who will be listening to this, going, "Why on earth are they not putting routines in and getting a few nights of a nightmare, and then everything calming down?" And that is that's a valid question. The answer <laughs> is probably to do with energy levels, and also because. I don't know. This is the way that seems to work for us. I think Moaning that's, aside, generally well, speaking, though, that's a, a good point. Like, I think that parents in general need to think about what's best for them and and stop kind of judging each yeah. other. I mean, as long as you know people are not mistreating their children. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, routine was great. I mean, we had us we had a good routine when Susie was one. We'd put her down to bed at about eight o'clock, and she would sleep through till midnight. But she'd always wake up. And I think that just came down to the child. I don't feel that was anything to do with the routine or anything that we were doing wrong or differently. And then once she woke up, she'd either want to come into bed with us or or she'd need to be put back down. The problem is you can either go, right, I spent half hour now trying to put her back to bed or I just bring her into bed with me and we all go to sleep again instantly. And It's I, different I, for me because I never even had the option of going in with my parents. That was mm. never even... Th- there was never any suggestion that that was an option. So I never even thought of it. It wasn't like, oh, can I come in with you? It was just, you did not. Whereas you My grew parents, up, yeah, I did. Yeah, sort of in and out of your parents' bed when you were yeah. little. So I think it's a different parenting styles as well. Yeah. But I don't... Regret I have memories of sleeping it. on my dad's arms. Yeah. There is something amazing, lovely, absolutely lovely about being in a bed with your kids all together, sort of feeling like this is all the important <laughs> people are here in this bed right now, especially when they're sleeping. Yeah, well, yeah, well there's four of you in that bed. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be moving much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, going back to to what I was saying, yes. I think that's the thing. It's like always having to be responsible, even when you're in bed, even when you're half asleep. Mm. Like I, I like that stuff when I do it as an uncle, and they cut, <laughs> and my you know my niece comes to me, and we get to kind of have that for a little while. But I'm very happy that I don't have to do that all the time. And we we recently nearly got a dog, and that was distressing to be responsible for another and like for an animal, yeah, let alone for a I person. Mean, I think I think yeah. I don't know how stressful it would be if I didn't have Gary, who's the stressed one out of us two. You for know, I'm anxious. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, it is important to to think think about the risks and look after the children from that point of view however i don't sometimes and it's all right well i think it's overdone for sure well um there if there are so many different theories books everything on how on how it's be to parent co-sleeping there'll be some people listening to this going oh my oh god, god they're that's, they're putting their children at such risk co-sleeping with Being, them yeah, so strangely enough, um, the, 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 the issues with infertility and co-sleeping rapidly drop when the parents aren't drunk. Yes, or on drugs. <laughs> or on drugs. But there's still a statistical there's correlation. Still, yeah. mm. 
I mean, this is the thing, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like risk versus freedom. It always has to be like a balance. And, but it's, it's yeah. just and so it's as simple as do I fight with Susie on a quiet road where there is no sound of vehicles oncoming, no vehicles normally oncoming, and no vehicles that I can see oncoming? Do I fight with her to hold her hand whilst crossing this road? Or do I just let her cross the road with me? Trusting that she's not going to suddenly run in front of a car, which she has never done so far, mm. but she might do one day. It's a balance of how much energy you have and how much you want to expand. You spend want to pick your fights, day yeah. by day. But that's the thing; it's second by second, minute by minute yeah. life. Like you make every decision. You know, every minute is a, dis- a new decision, I guess, and so you can't kind of like plan. But it's for instinctive everything. as well. I mean, as much as you know. There's, I tend to get the moments of horror afterwards where I think, oh God, <laughs> actually, maybe I was a bit laissez-faire about that. Mm. <laughs> Here's all the ways it could have gone. Yeah. Uh, well, it went over we all right. But I do have moments of horror when I think back and think, oh, perhaps I let that go a bit too far. Again, a million, a million parent theories... Some saying crap them in cotton wool and yeah. bubble wrap so and never let them go. Only fallen down off something on your watch. On my watch twice. <laughs> <laughs> on Both my times. watch full stop, and also on my watch twice. I can't remember the number of times Susie fell off something. I think she actually fell downstairs. She once, did, yes. Whilst in her cast. Yes. No. Was it postcast or precast? Because she, pre- she'd have been. I think it was like, precast. When she was precast, she'd have been like six months. I know. Oh well. I was at work. <laughs> she was quite angry with me. Yeah, you admitted yeah. it to me many months later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs, yelling yeah. at me. She was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not very well today, but she's certainly healthy uh, in terms of physically. You feel you know, the she's, need to she's a, a well looked after child, I would say. I mean, that's the this thing. Current illness probably has nothing to do with that stare incident. <laughs> I could say confidently. I think we can all confidently say that, yeah. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think some people have, have all their, their. This is the thing I was trying to say earlier. I can't remember if it was on this this thing or not and um, you know me. that moment mm. when you step on a train platform and the train whizzes past and you suddenly have that thought of what if I had fallen. been pushed what if I'd have fallen what if I'd stepped you know you have that moment of all those what ifs that run through your head and we were on the train platform and I said Carrie I've just had this thing where I just suddenly got all you know I had to stand practically against the wall of the station to feel like I was and he was like you you know that feeling that's what I get all the time with the girls you know I everything whether we're on a road or in the kitchen or at the top of the stairs right. that's that feeling is there all the time and I just was like that would be horrible <laughs> I mean that's how I feel like I would be that's one of the things that puts me off the idea of having children is that I feel like I would be that I would be like I'm I can't stop obsessing over very small insignificant things right so if there's big big significant things that, that that could live or die if I get it wrong I can't see me not obsessing completely always over that one one of the issues is that as a child I was a notable daredevil thrill seeker 
adrenaline junkie, <laughs> as my mum has quoted many, right. many times, right. that there was nothing I wouldn't climb up and try to jump off. Right. And I had... Including, like, first-story buildings. Yeah, I had no sense of danger. did you jump out of second-story windows? I did, yes, I did. <laughs> it really hurt my feet. <laughs> Uh, my my crowning accomplishment came when I would jump off the first floor landing, jump over the car, and land on the grass. Wow. How old were you? Uh, I stopped doing that about age 11. Right, so you you started at what age? I don't want to think about that. Um, (laughs) I don't want to think about that because my child is on the floor and I don't want her to be doing similar things to what I did back then. Is that what you're saying? It was a build-up situation because we had a... We had kind of a, we'd say a balcony over part of the house, right? But it was a, it was an outside balcony. There was there was no um, railings or anything. That's where a door out to us. You just had to climb up to it by going out by going over the back wall, right? And from there, I would sort of jump up as off us and try to make the grass and that kind of thing, right? And then, of course, my parents would park the car there in the evening, so I tried to make it over the car onto the grass. <laughs> wow. And That's amazing. So it was, it was a slow build-up from when I first started jumping off, when I first realised I could climb up there about age seven. Right, but at least and, it was seven. Yeah. At least it wasn't like three. four. Yeah. No, well, when, I, when I was three, I, I, I stuck merely to sort of kitchen tables, countertops. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I can and, see why you'd be worried. And when I was about 11, I was, I was making my standard run off the corner of the balcony to go out over the car <laughs> and it had actually been raining the previous night so everything was still a bit wet and as I was making my step towards the corner I put my foot in the standard spot my other foot just slipped out from under me and I just managed to hold my balance and then I just sort of put my foot back inside and went whoa whoa that was close what would have happened if I fell <laughs> Well, I'd probably hit my back off that corner there. That, that that really hurt, and then I'd fall onto the ground and probably break something. Might end up in a wheelchair. I think I need to get a new hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, that's a good. I mean, at least it, that, that's an important learning moment. Yeah. Well, I'm mortal. <laughs> I mean, it does take a while to work out your mortal. I do think that is true. I mean, I was definitely more fearless when I was a kid than I am yeah. now. I had like a, an, an experience of like being an adult, and I climbed up a tree and like sat on a on the on the branch, and I looked down. And I was like, "Hang on, I'm afraid to jump off this now." <laughs> when I would have, when I was ten, I would have definitely jumped off here, and I would have been fine. But if I jump off this now, I'm so afraid that I suspect that that will help me to land badly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like the actual fear gets mm. into your, yeah. into your, yeah. into your kind of like yeah, the way you think about it. But didn't you like you were saying about having that moment on the train platform, yeah. kind of imagining all those things and needing to go back and sort of put your back against the wall? I can identify with yeah. that, and I, I I think that's a very familiar feeling. But yeah. didn't you also recently have the experience of 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 one of your children being on the... Am I remembering this wrong? Yes, that is... Uh, I am right. What are we talking about? You left Susie on the train, honey. Oh, yes, I left Susie. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't leave her on the train. Sorry, we, subway. <laughs> no, it was a train. It was never oh, And I didn't leave her on it. We were going to a children's... Nursery, uh, day, nursery trip. day trip. 
All the parents had to take all the children. Luckily, my mother was looking after Eleanor. <laughs> and <something> <laughs> everyone was piling onto this one train. And it was massively packed and all these parents and children. And I just did not fancy trying to force my way onto the train uh, with Susie. And then a load of parents, or rather the last five parents who'd kind of said, no, no, we'll wait until the next train, um, were told, oh, no, no, you can get on at this this top, of the, at the front of the train. So we went over to the front of the train. Everyone else got on pretty much except for myself and a couple of other I was folding up the pram Susie jumped onto the train I went to get on the train the door shut shut in front of me oh my god it's such such a nightmare it was it was absolutely you know it was she hadn't done anything wrong and I would say actually I I hadn't done anything wrong there either the the train guards were next to me on the platform and I was just like my child is on that train to them <laughs> as the train pulled off <laughs> but isn't as calm a voice as you yes did. yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> but that's the thing about crisis though sometimes some people it does make go calmer like the few times I'm a little bit calm sometimes a, a big crisis yeah well I mean the, the, the only thing I was worried I, I did think about afterwards is if I'd have done that hysterical mum thing you know maybe the train would they would have the train would have stopped I don't know they were obviously a bit put out with the train driver because it was obvious mm. that that it was a it was a dangerous call that he made I think he got I think he got annoyed or she to be fair I think the train driver had got annoyed at waiting for so long for people to try and mm-hmm. force their way on and just thought oh this is ridiculous and shut the doors but the station platform people were trying to get everyone on so I think they were a bit like oh for heaven's sake You've just and now you've you've left with a child on the train. Right. I was pretty calm because it the the train was absolutely full of parents and the nursery staff. Mm. But it was so packed that I didn't know whether the nursery staff would be able to get to Susie. Mm. So um my nightmare scenario was that they the train would stop at the next platform and she would get out. Right. But I luckily and I didn't think I phoned one of the mums who I she'd sent me PM'd me her number by Facebook for something else, but I didn't think to phone the nursery, which was ridiculous because the nursery had all the care workers' numbers. Anyway, the nursery called me within five minutes to say, "Don't worry, one of the key workers has got Susie. She's looked after. You know, she'll be there waiting for you on the other side." Well, thank thank goodness you were on a, an overground. Yeah. If you were on yeah. underground, you wouldn't have had that. I yeah. mean, I think they're like. At least once they're in a in the train, yeah. During the time when it's travelling, the doors yeah. are closed. It's yeah. a closed environment. They actually can't get out until, you, like you say, the next platform oh. comes. But you've you've definitely got a bit where they're. I mean, I think that the most terrifying, although that's really terrifying, yeah. I think the most terrifying would be to have got in and then the train go and she's at the station. That would have been horrific you because you don't know what she's going to do when and, you go and, and there's and, the train track and there's all of that. Yeah, well, though that would have been absolutely god awful yeah. because because also I didn't know the if there had been parents on the platform I didn't know them right. there were no key workers on right. the platform thanks Dave I didn't need to sleep a nice <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds like you weren't anyway so oh god uh, so yeah no that would have been horrible but um, yeah. but then trust but, a writer to go well, there's a terrible situation let's this, make it worse well this <laughs> is the anxious part of my personality right. that would have been, that would have invented that anyway no, I mean, about us. <laughs> any bad situation I'll try and think of a, a way to make it worse you know, yeah. I was pretty I was pretty chilled out about it comparatively 
But Susie was... I remember her her little face in absolute floods of tears as she realised what was going on and right. the train was pulling off. Right. And that was... You know, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to be on that train because she'd... I would imagine there would have been a certain degree of hysteria. hysteria. But it's, I mean, hope. I mean, I don't yeah, blame her. Either. But I mean, that hysteria is something we could all <laughs> yes, really relate to. Yeah. I think, like, it's yeah. it's always so horrible to hear a child crying because they think they're, a lo- you know, like a yeah. lost child yeah. when they're crying. Uh, is horrible to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so she was all right, and I was all right. I mean, it was more at the other end. I just wanted to get to her as soon as possible, and the train journey took. Ages, so I was just there going. I got to know the other mums; they were very nice. (laughs) (laughs) They they all had their children with them. (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Not particularly sorry for one mum who had two children. But I reckon most parents have got at least at least one story where something like that's happened. But if not, guilty about that one because that one was. But I, except. I think I'd have been a, more hot on it if if we hadn't been a train full of nursery people. But mm. um, yeah, no, it doesn't. That one doesn't keep me awake at night. I don't know what does. Not much. Nothing <laughs> sleep much. Well. You're sleeping pretty well. <laughs> we don't have any problems getting to sleep. <laughs> Gary goes over your problems as well as his because yeah. uh, he's got that much time in the night because he's still awake. Oh gosh, I'm gonna leave my kids with her again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, the last question I ask everybody yeah. is, do you have anything to plug? Which is a weird question yeah. in this context. Uh, Okay, so what should we say about parenthood, really? Uh, okay, um, I've, I've I've had people at work sort of tell me that I'm I'm not a great advertisement for parenthood because <laughs> <laughs> you know I come in I'm, I'm sort of exhausting. Oh, I guess did this last night. Um, I always say I just want people to be aware of the reality <laughs> that it is. It is. For every moment of joy there is in us, there's going to be many moments of, oh my God, <laughs> my heart oh, is going to stop. I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm half not sensible about what's going on anymore. So when it comes to parenthood, my plug is be aware of, be aware of everything it's going to give you. Be aware of everything it's going it's going to cost you because it is going to be emotionally wearing. It is going to be ex- physically exhausting. <laughs> it is also going to be great. You're going to have. Hey, we should say that we've been carers, and actually, being uh, in my experience, being a carer in 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 a very unregulated and and poor environment, which I was briefly for for a summer, um, is ten times worse. Like you know. Um. This this is all right. <laughs> this is and you, well, I mean, you, 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 it's definitely like there are people who are like who have the, the you know two children, but you know are they ha- only have half this room as the area where they all live. Yeah, you know? yeah. there's people we who have, we have a house in London. Right, we ha- Susie even goes to a childminder for half a day a week, and she has the fifteen hours of free childcare that the no, government yeah. have for now. For now, well, <laughs> they've been promising us thirty. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky thing for conservatives because they have to be pro-marriage, uh, but and at the same time they want to take yeah. everything away, yeah. but at the same time they want to encourage, you know, heteronormative uh, conformism. Well, um, <laughs> well look, don't get us started on the Conservative there, Party, we'll be here the, for a while. The, Absolutely. The fact is that you end up with great moments of pleasure and pride and joy, yes. but neither of us would ever say to someone who didn't want children, Oh, go on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's rare in this world, right, Jen? It is, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not the normal argument that you get. We'd both go, enjoy, oh, enjoy it. it. Have a great time. Your it's, life's... It's a good life choice. <laughs> <laughs> the world is populating too much anyway. Right. And who knows what Putin's going to do? <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's a kind of I, I like that as a kind of place to sort of leave the conversation. In that, I mean, in this room, I mean, Jen hasn't been speaking much because of reasons that she has to we, not we, speak. We covered garlic bread. We covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got me in quite early then. I did, but I mean, like in this room, there's like you know two two couples old friends one that doesn't want kids one that does want kids we and has had them kids. right both of us wanted kids from the beginning and there's no like we're, we're not like telling you guys you shouldn't have had kids we never sort of said to you when you were thinking about having kids oh don't have them and you guys have never said to us have kids you know maybe that's a good if we can't if you guys are, are not feeling that you're confident uh, exa- good examples of parenthood at least you're good examples of of I live sh- and let live hood de- you know I would definitely say we're both good examples of parenthood good so would I actually. I absolutely <laughs> would say that I would also actually say if if you do want kids uh, a lot of a lot of people have said have them as have them when you're as young as possible so that way, number one, you don't get used to having nice things. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, you're still at your most energetic phase of your life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, Gary. I mean, it, it can work for some people. My sister had uh, her daughter very young, and it's actually worked out very well for her mm. in, a, in some ways, not in all ways. But I mean, it, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't say that's the narrative I'd want. I don't know if, if I would encourage, would you encourage Susie to have kids as soon as possible? Well, I was, I was hoping more, you know, if she's sort of a stable relationship, decent job. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Same for the mid-twenties at the earliest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... You know, you can be successful parents, have kids young. You can be successful yeah. parents, have them old. I mean, my dad was 58 when I was born, and he's a very good example That's of, true. of mm-hmm. fatherhood, I think. But I think a lot of 58-year-olds wouldn't. I think it's, it's, it just depends on the person. Yeah I, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You get incredibly energetic 50-year-olds, and you get incredibly knackered 20-year-olds. Oh, yeah, some yes. people are born old, and some people <laughs> never grow up. <laughs> That's why I said some people say this as opposed to I say oh, this. I see, I guess. Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it has been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you both. Uh, and uh, it, although it's it's been the, the only... <laughs> The only episode where someone has vomited uh, during it, although not the not the most disgusting of vomit because it's it's well, kind of really clear, a yeah. child's uh, water vomit. Um, if we're looking at the podcast. It does slightly miss the visual element of everybody peering into the vomit. Bucket. Yeah, we're all like looking into into the the bucket as if it's kind of I don't know, like a like it's, it feels like we're sort of doing some kind of I don't know magic. We kind like, of need to what, we're reading the reading the tea leaves, kind of reading the vomit leaves. Um, and that was kind of happening uh, for people who obviously at home can't see. It was happening at my feet. Um, 
so that was that's been an interesting interesting uh, <laughs> element to this conversation um and it's and a, and and, a, and an accurate realistic depiction of parenthood well um, you just that is something you do get to do all your fun things so long as you have support from outside yeah. like parents and you can do all your fun things you just have to accept that you know you have to put things to one side on occasion whilst mm. doing them to deal with your children. Yeah. So and I make a wonderful plan to meet a friend and do an interview for them and <laughs> your child then becomes sick and Yeah. <laughs> then you just plug on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get what you get and you don't get upset. It's, yeah. it's, it's my attitude to podcasting. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last thing that I ask uh, my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. If you've managed to last this long, guys, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye, everyone. So next week on Wednesday, the 13th of July and Thursday, the 14th of July, my other show, Stand Up Tragedy, is coming to the Dogstar in Brixton, London. As the Edinburgh festival season approaches, we're showcasing four of our favourite performers doing previews of their full-length shows. So on Wednesday, we've got Faye Roberts doing a spoken word show and Jambi McGrath doing a comedy show. And then on Thursday, we've got Rosie Wilby doing a storytelling show and... Bisha K. Ali doing a comedy show. All four shows will be a little bit tragic because that's why they're on the stand-up tragedy bill, but there'll be plenty of laughs and other enjoyable things to be had at both of those nights. It's pay what you like. So pay as much as you can afford or what you want to pay, what you think the shows deserve. Doors open at 7.30 and we're upstairs at the Dogstar in Brixton. Find out more about it at www.standuptragedy.co.uk or follow us at Stand Up For Tragedy. I'm very excited that I'm able to fully officially announce that the Family Tree podcast is on its way. It's a spin-off from Getting Better Acquainted and features me as its host and it's coming out in September 2016. It's a mystery show. It's a fictional show or is it and it's really really exciting find out more about it at thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk but also you can subscribe to it on itunes already there's two teasers there's a patreon account where you can sign up to support the family tree to help us to get the money to pay ourselves and our performers properly so please do go over and sign up to that Patreon now if you want, or you can wait until the show starts coming out before you make that decision. And if you want to support what I do, but you don't want to support projects that aren't in existence quite yet, you can help me to make Getting Better Acquainted by donating to this show. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm GooseFat101. To find out about my masculinity show, that's the most recent stand-up tragedy podcast. You can listen to the whole show in its entirety, and you can also find out more about it at www.mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Facebook and on Twitter. It's at GBA Podcast. Thanks very much for listening, and remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted. <laughs>